Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio is a podcast created to seek the truth by interviewing researchers of the unknown. From the primitive areas of America to the wilds of other countries worldwide, we believe that the answer to the Bigfoot phenomenon and other high strange lies within the investigators pursuing these mysteries. Join me, Lauren Smith, as I delve into the experiences and methods of those questing for answers to things that most don't even know exist. Often witnesses themselves, they are knowers and seekers of the truth, just like you. Good evening and welcome to Night Colors Bigfoot Radio. You are here with your hostess, Lauren Smith. And tonight we have David Sadati on. He is from the independent Sasquatch research team out of Florida. Um, we have had David on before quite a few years ago, a number of years ago. And uh, we I've been wanting to have him back for some time now. I'm really excited about the show. It's going to be a good one. Uh, be sure to hit the like and follow button on whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. Drop a comment if you like the show and if you want to have him back on in the future. Um, also, just drop a comment. Let me know what you think. And if you are in the live chat right now, you can type your question for the guest in all caps and my moderators will get it to me to ask David for you. So like I said, be sure to hit that subscribe and follow button. And I'm going to go ahead and bring David on. Hi, David. How are you doing tonight? Hello. I'm doing well. <laughs> good, good. Glad to be on the show. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, of course. I'm glad to have you back. Um, I know you said the last time we had you on, I was pregnant with my second kid. So it's been it's been a minute. Um, yeah, it has. I know that Lori was doing the show when we had you on, so I hope I can live up, fill those shoes, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I know that I posted your bio. It says all this in there, but for the people that didn't get to read it, what got you interested in this topic? Oh gosh, when uh, I was young, me and my brother used to run around the woods like crazy, you know, kids. That's what kids did back then. Yes. You know, explore, build forts, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and I guess I was uh, around my around seven years old, and. Uh, we used to watch the show called In Search Of with uh, Leonard Nimoy. Well, one night we were watching that and they had Bob Gimlin and Roger Pattison on the show and they were showing the video of Patty walking across that. And I just distinctly remember as a kid, I was like, man, that'd be cool if something like that really did exist out there. You know, as kids were running around, hoping to see something like that, you know, mm -hmm. it's a big fantasy to, to see, see one of those things as a kid. And, um, but as we got older, you know, we put it in the back of our minds and kind of forgot about it all. And then uh, as an adult, um, back in 95, I got uh, into uh, the computer field and started doing a lot of uh, field uh, work with computers and so forth and get just getting the start of that. And uh, so one night, I just for giggles, I... I put a search out there for Bigfoot Sasquatch and I found all this information. I was like, okay, that just stoked the fire fire for me. So in 95, that just, you know, I started reading all these reports from all over the place. And I did that for quite a few years, probably about two or three years. Um, 
picking up patterns of these creatures and things were just starting to click on mm-hmm. on what what these creatures do uh, as far as a species so um as time went on um i was picking up and reading a lot of literature stuff on the subject of field research so after a while um i decided well i need to get with other people so i got with a large group back then that was uh, starting out as well pretty much um i was with them for about a year and that was the bfro um and then i got out of that and in uh, probably close to the beginning of 2000 and i started up the independent sasquatch research team and um uh, it was just me. <laughs> I, was the only one. I was the only the lone the lone the guy on the team. But uh, then I kind of uh, feel like that's the best way to do it. Sometimes, honestly, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, we went from uh, from then we you know more people wanted to join. You know, and we had upwards up to like I think twenty at one time, and now we're kind of back down to a core bunch of groups of people of uh, of five to six people on our on our team that are core. You know researchers that actually get out and in in the field um so that was started up in 2000 so for 23 years it's been you know going pretty good so and here i am (laughs) here you are you know it's funny um most people there's there's different people that get into this most of the researchers that i've talked to a, a healthy dose of them they get into it when they're really young and it's either I saw, um, I saw Legend of Boggy Creek, I saw In Search of, or I saw a book in the library. And yours is kind of like two out of three of those things. Um, right. Yeah, actually, the the Legend of Boggy Creek actually kind of sealed the deal for me because it was mm-hmm. later on in life when I saw that one, and I was like, okay, there's got to be something to this, you know, because yeah. this was that thing that that movie freaked me out, and I was still kind of young. I was probably. 12 and i was like okay yeah so that that pretty freak pretty much freaked me out and got me even more interested in it and uh and then when i you know in 95 when when i did a lot of searching online it just flooded all that back to me again you know just you know lit that fire so um back in the day when i was when i started out i said okay i gotta put all this knowledge to work so i started camping and uh, mm-hmm. i lived up in north florida and everyone knows i guess where ocala national forest is <clears throat> um it's pretty much in the center of the state and uh it's a fairly big uh, national forest and i only lived about 30 minutes from there uh, so i would uh, go camping there almost every weekend and uh I would stay in primitive sites as a base camp, and then I would hike what they call the Florida Trail. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, consists of you know quite a few miles uh, through the o- Ocala National Forest, and uh, I would hike those trails at night because I you know I always read that these creatures could be nocturnal, but now that I you know over the years of more I learned yeah. that they, you can see these things any time of day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but at night. <laughs> I would, uh, you know, have my dinner, you know, get my, get all that stuff out of the way. And during the day I would, uh, do tracking and, and look for sign during the day. And then at night I would walk the trail at night, um, with no flashlight, nothing, just pitch black and just hit the trail. And, uh, yeah. And Ocala's 
known for quite a few uh, bears, black bears down there. So, um, but for the most part, they <laughs> they just scurry off from you. They won't attack right. you unless, of course, you know, there's cubs in the area. Um, but I actually got really close to a fawn about three foot from it. And uh, that was pretty exciting, you know. Yeah. And uh, But there was a lot of... Um, a lot of evidence there um, that we found over the years as, as time went on. Um, and I moved down further south of Florida in 2004 to the Lakeland area. And that's between Tampa and Orlando. So mm -hmm. I'm right in between. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and just north of where I live now is a place called the Green Swamp. I don't know if many, maybe some of your audience may have heard that. Um, but uh, that is, a, is, is part of the corridor that kind of runs through and actually north of the Green Swamp is an uh, area called Leesburg and that connects all the way up through the uh, Ocala National Forest. And um, there's to the west of that is what they call the Gulf Hammocks, and which is miles, thousands of miles of uh, just forest right there. Um, usually that's used for um, pine forests where they, they go and harvest pine trees for the paper mills and stuff like that. But lots of forests right there, lots of big corridors for these creatures to move through. And um, the Green Swamp is pretty close. It's uh, 45, 45 minutes, you know, with traffic trying to get through town. That's not but bad when, at all. <laughs> yeah, once you get once you get through the traffic and you're 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 in the woods, you know, then you're you know, you're right there. Um, there's been quite a few sightings all through that area right there. And uh, that's one of our main areas that we hit pretty much. And, uh, but uh, actually found what I found like a little infant track, what looked to be an infant track. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the last conference I went to, Jeff Meldrum just happened to be there as well, doing a presentation. So I had my cast out there and uh, I had him look at it finally because yeah. he was there and I, you know, I never shipped it out to him. But uh, I said, hey, what, what's your thoughts on this? And, of course, you know, he kind of looked at it and goes, well, he said, it kind of re resembles a bear print. And I was like, oh, man, you just took the wind out of my sails. <laughs> because, uh, you know, it kind of looked like an infant print. Um, yeah. And in that area, it, uh, it wasn't really known for black bear down there. But they started getting some back, coming back in, or actually coming into the area probably about eight years ago, I think, six or eight years ago. Um, so is it possible that it, you know, it could be a, a black bear possibly, yes. And, uh, but it, it, it looks pretty, pretty close to what an infant print would look like, um, in my opinion. But um, regardless. It's one of those, one yeah, of those regardless. we'd rather know, even if it's not <laughs> what we want to hear, you know, we want to know the exactly. truth. Yeah. yeah so, you know, yeah, that's why we have the experts to look at these things. So, mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, tracks can, you know, can mislead you sometimes. And, mm -hmm. um, and that's why it's always good to, you know, get bone up on your tracking skills and your right. casting skills and, and so forth. I always tell my team, I said, when in doubt, just go ahead and cast it. You know, we'll figure yeah. it out later. <laughs> you know, yeah. it looks like something, go ahead and get it. Um, and then verify, verify, you know, verify, if you have, verify, yeah. if you have a, a trusted advisor or, you know, I have like a panel of advisors that I yeah. send my evidence to and they're all very, you know, skeptical, very analytical, very scientific. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, you know, this is a possible track. Give it to me straight. Yeah. What is this? You know? And so, um, 
I mean, because I, I want to, I want to be held accountable in my research and I want people to know that right. I'm not, that not everything is Bigfoot, you know? So. Absolutely. And there's been other prints out there that we found that, um, very big, large imprints, um, mm -hmm. not so much with, uh, definitive toes, but something very large left imprints in the ground. Um, some of the terrain up here is, is very hard to get a good, a good print. Um, so those, those, you count yourself lucky to find something with, you know, mm -hmm. things you may find in like in a muddy, a good, a good print somewhere in, in step, something that stepped in the mud and get, great gave great detail um but there's other you know tree formations uh that we found all through here um just north of tampa there was a, a area that a gentleman um sent me a picture one day and he asked me because he was he was he had an encounter many years back um that crossed over in the road and him and his buddy saw it um so that kind of got him interested in these things. Um, so he started going out looking in some of these areas that he hunted in and fished in and all this stuff. And uh, he sent me a picture one day. Um, he said, Dave, what am I looking at? And uh, he sent me this picture and I'm looking at it. I'm like, holy crap. Um, it was a uh, cypress tree that was, um, if you can picture uh, an oak tree, kind of like this with a mm -hmm. two two branches going straight up well this cypress tree was kind of like in this area shoved into the ground and the root ball was hanging up straight up in the air and he asked me what <laughs> what this could be and i said well i said it looks like a territorial marker that you know and i said that's probably the the first one i've ever seen in, in florida like that you know i've never seen anything so i said let me let me get a couple of the guys together and we'll come over there and investigate the area check it out and um so we got in the area we had to ride in there with bikes and um and it was pretty interesting because when we first pulled up we first we got a whistle really loud shrill whistle um and as soon as we got to the location and everybody heard it i was like yeah it was coming from you know the southeast uh, southwestern way mm -hmm. um so we're keeping our our eyes and minds on that area just in case yeah, we hear another one. So we're investigating the area over there. And um, as we're taking pictures and measurements and so forth, um, the, uh, the cypress tree that was found there, I asked uh, Mike, his name, um, I said, uh, is there any more trees like this in the area? And he goes, he goes, no, there's not until maybe he said he thinks about 150 yards. Mm -hmm. And he says, there's none no other trees like that here in this area. So, you know, kind of looked around, made sure there wasn't. And, uh, but uh, we did our measurements there and took lots of pictures and video. And there was a big, huge imprint. It was about 19 inches and it was like smashed down. And it was, uh, the area there had a lot of pine needles and, and leaves and stuff. So that's kind of the terrain that it was in. Yeah. And some of it was kind of swampy, but, uh, I pointed to down there and on the ground to Mike and I said, how long has this been here? And he goes, oh, I didn't even recognize that. <laughs> and uh, so we did our measurements on that. And it was a pretty good indentation there. And there was a like, kind of like a half of that, uh, not too far. Um, it's like a 
maybe three or four feet away from him. There was like another step that was probably a partial uh, imprint there. So that was pretty amazing. Um, and he was asking me questions, you know, how, you know, can these things really rip up trees? And you know, I said, well, apparently this one was carried to this location and shoved in here. I said, what usually goes on in this area? He goes, well, they usually do hog hunts and they do, there's a lot of people who come out here fishing too. And I said, well, there's, you know, the area is very well, you know, as far as the terrain and the brush and the, and the cover um, has all that, you know, for these creatures and also the food source and the water source there. So it has everything that these creatures would uh, would, would love to live in. Um, so, you know, I told him, I said, if I were you, I would come out here and maybe put up a few cameras, maybe first put up a couple of audio recorders first. Mm-hmm. They don't think to, to mind audio records as so much as a, you know, cameras. Right. <laughs> They're cameras yeah. a lot. So, um, so that was, that was really good. And that, to me, that, that was for seeing something like that. No human could have done that. I mean, it's a yeah. pretty hef- hefty tree unless you have like five or six guys and want to carry it over and shove it in there like that. Yeah. And it was a, it was a good 15 to 20 inches in diameter. And, um, and it, it, it looked a little, the tree itself looked a little old, but, um, it all looked like it was freshly done, you know, give or take within two weeks. Right. Yeah. So he, and he actually said this wasn't here a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those that, you know, cause you can chalk a lot up to mother nature, right? You can yeah. trees interwoven between each other even can be mother nature, but you know, a tree with a big root ball from not yeah. near there. That's, you know, and that's what I try to tell a lot of people. I'm like, you know, see if the, branches in question if they are even remotely from that area because that's gonna tell you if this is natural or supernatural supernatural right yeah yeah we had um over the years uh well in 2010 we had a tracking class for our team um and we invited these guys from georgia to come down they're all ex-military guys and so they taught they taught us tracking uh because they they were into uh search and rescue mm-hmm. um, when they first got out of the military um, he started up a, a group to do search and rescue and over the years bigfoot groups were asking him well can you track a sasquatch <laughs> and his answer was well if it's got a foot we can track it so <laughs> so uh, we hired those guys to come down and give us a class a good uh, four day, mm-hmm. uh, three and a half day class i think it was um really good guys taught us a lot um I actually want to get back with them and do some more um, continuing education with uh, tracking and some other things too. Um, then we had a forensic class as well. Have a, a, a gentleman from he was a retired sheriff uh, from a sheriff department here in Hillsborough County. He uh, he he dealt in uh, forensics, so he taught us a, you know a little bit more on how to collect collect evidence and how to do it. So that gives us a better edge in the field. Yeah. And, um, also, uh, we hired an arborist uh, from uh, University of Florida. Um, he's a really good guy. He came down and did a class. We, we had him come out into the actually one of the areas that we go into in the Green Swamp. And um, he did his presentation of 
of what naturally what naturally occurs in the in the wood in the forests, especially here in Florida. Um, and uh, so we he he gave us his class and we were looking at some of the things and I was like, ah, oh, okay, that makes sense. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, um, how trees, you know, get damaged just by, you know, natural, natural things. Mm-hmm. And so we, <laughs> we commenced to showing him some of our evidence that we yeah. found out there and especially the, the one, the tree we're just speaking about. And he kind of just scratched his head on that one. He goes, well, you know, tornadoes could do something like that, which, you know, they probably can't. Yeah. Oh. So it would be more of a, of a, more destruction, I would think, in, in that particular mm-hmm. area. I said it just uh, wouldn't be just one tree. You would right. have you know, several trees doing that. And um, so he was a lot of the stuff we showed him some of the stick formations that we found out there we actually found two cypress trees um in a different part of the green swamp uh they were about three inches in diameter and they were close kind of close to each other but they went up and they made an arc and it they wove into each other mm-hmm. and this just happened to be in front of a a tree that a hunter was hunting a couple of years before that he was hunting in front of that uh, on that tree and he had a Sasquatch encounter crossed in front of him. And um, one of the guys uh, that actually first saw that or uh, tree, form, uh, tree formation um, was Rob. Um, and uh, he actually asked the guy because he, he actually got the report from the hunter, um, yeah. Rob Robinson. So I asked Rob, I said, hey, can you ask the hunter if he remembers seeing this tree structure in front of his his hunting stand? And he did. He said, no, he goes, we don't make markings like that. You know, we put tape up and, you know, that's how yeah. we our hunting stand. He says, we don't, he goes, that's, that would be too much work. And yeah, he just, <laughs> yeah. So it, it wasn't him. And he actually doesn't even hunt in that area just because of that encounter he had. Right. Um, and it, that spooked him enough to get out of there but he, he was hunting in that area for about 30 years and never seen any of anything such as such as a bigfoot you know until yeah. that time um so that was that was a really good an interesting encounter that he had scared him but <laughs> yeah yeah uh that's the worst when you know because i talked to so many people um in my personal life that are like i've been hunting and fishing my whole life i ain't nothing seen nothing like that in the woods you know and i'm just like Okay, I'm like, but how about the amount of hunters that have? How about the amount of hunters that the woods are their sanctuary and now they can't go back in the woods because they're terrified or they can't go back in the woods after dark or, you know, I'm like, it does happen. You're just, you're not in the woods looking for that. You're not in the woods aware of that, you know? And in that particular area, there's, it's a truck route too that runs through there. It's a road called 471. So it's a Mm -hmm. truck route. Uh, A lot of semis go through there. And I've had one particular driver uh, he actually lives in georgia and his route comes right through here all the way down to uh, through tampa and he got a hold of me and he said hey hey he goes uh just want to let you know that i i i saw one of the, i saw two of these things on my route right through there and uh, one was like it was walking off from the side of the edge of the road into the woods mm-hmm. um, and one actually crossed in front of him and uh on another section 
they have what they call there's a, a river that comes cuts through this whole area it's called the Lith, uh, Withlacoochee River and uh, that thing it goes like 110 miles so it runs all through here through this corridor and so forth so they they stay close to the rivers and streams and so forth um but this the the one he saw that ran in front of him he said his head was probably about as level with his his uh driver's side window and he's, he goes if i was going any faster he goes i probably would have hit the thing yeah <laughs> and I, I said, well, if you ever hit one of these things, give me a call. Because, yeah, <laughs> that's you know, terrifying, though. That's that would be the uh, we call it the lottery right there, right? Right. You know, that's what you know. Everyone wants a, a specimen. Unfortunately, you know, we don't like to know that you know they get killed by you know something like that. But yeah. if it were to happen, you know, there you go. You have your body. Yeah, uh, that so many people want. Um, yeah. I was going to ask, so, you know, whenever I read uh, what you sent me, um, whenever you started your team, you kind of had the goal of establishing communication with this species. Can you tell me kind of why? Because most people, they're like, we want to find the scientific data. We want to have experiences. Um, they don't usually jump to communication with the species. And that really intrigued me. They don't. You'd... Um... You'd, you'd have to take the approach as like Jane Goodall kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, with these, you know, depending on what kind of clan, if you're in an area and you, you, you know there's a certain clan, I've heard a lot of stories of people um, that have seen these things all their lives, you know, from farm being on farmland or what have you, the property that they live, uh, you know, adjacent to. Um, they feed these things and they get acquainted with them over the years. Um, so it would be kind of, you know, it's kind of far-fetched to try to communicate, you know, if you just walk up to one, um, you would have to really <laughs> gain their trust. I mean, they would have to trust because, you know, for the most part, they don't trust humans. Um, you know, there's just, there's, there's, from what I, my opinion is that there's probably just as bad as Sasquatch out there as there are humans. You know, they have, you know, the mentality of just want to kill somebody or, or on the opposite uh, spectrum, you know, some of these creatures have been known to uh, help injured people in the forest and get them to safety and that sort of thing. So it all depends on, on what you're dealing with, what, what, what type or what kind you're dealing with, if, if they're malevolent or benevolent, you know? Um, so, but it would, it would be cool to try to communicate with, with a species like this, if it is possible, if everything kind of lined up in, in the stars, sort of speak yeah. to, uh, to, uh, be able to do that. Um, cause Sorry about that. I hit my button there. For the most <laughs> part, they just want to run away from people. Yeah. Um, so I think the gaining there, the trust, um, and, you know, not, for them to not know that you want to cause, cause them harm, you're just as curious mm -hmm. as they are about us. So, you know, it's when I, when I started the team, there was a lot of flack back in the day and not too many people wanted to work with people back then and i i found it kind of a, a nuisance kind of kind of idea how to go about this because i was like if you know well if you really want to find 
answers to things, you really got to have a lot of people on the same page. And, you know, a lot of people wanted to hoard their, their information. Um, yeah. They didn't want other people knowing uh, you know, what was going on here and there. Um, so that's why I created our team is because we're totally the opposite of what that was back then. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, we want to work with it with anybody that, that wants to uh, get in this and, and, and help us get closer to the, uh, that information. Um, I think from what I see over the years, a lot of that mentality has actually grown. Mm-hmm. It has. And um, yeah. I don't want to blow my own horn and say, yeah, you know, I was, you know, spearheaded that, but um, there was other groups out there that were the same way. And actually I've talked to other people on other groups across the country that uh, had a lady call me from Michigan because <laughs> she heard me on a podcast show mm-hmm. and, got my information, called me up one day and she was telling me um, uh, what was going on in her house and her, on her property. And she was having these things coming through her property like almost daily, almost nightly. And she was wanting to, wanted me to come up there and check it out. And I was like, well, I wish I could, but you know, finances and, you know, I just you know, yeah. can't make that big of a, a drive to go up there. But I said, and I listened to her stories. She had quite a few stories of what's going on up there. And it kind of sounded like a really good hot spot up there. So I contacted a, a, t- a team up there in uh, Michigan and spoke to a gentleman there. And I, I gave gave him all her information. And I said, he, he had to kind of have an idea who she was because she went to a conference there. <laughs> and I said, well, I, if you know who she is, then the, uh, then uh, that's that's the woman. So and her and it's her and her husband, they're they're older couple and uh, uh but she ended up calling me because she heard me on a podcast show which is fine but but that's that's how i that's how we like to communicate right. with our teams it's like hey we got you know something down here and uh, i've gotten good with a, a rapport with uh wes germer from uh, sasquatch chronicles and uh, he actually sent me some information uh mm-hmm. for people here in florida a couple of guys that uh, had some awesome encounters um, one in particular happened uh, off the east coast of Florida. That's on, on all this information that uh, of our what we have of our encounters and reports and stuff are on our website. So um, if you ever everyone wants to jump on there and have a listen or look at all the pictures on there that we have, I encourage everyone to do that. But um, there is uh, instead of writing out Steve's encounter. <laughs> Steve's encounter was pretty long. Um, this is the one that Wes sent me. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually, um, instead of writing all that out, Wes already had Steve on his show and, and mm-hmm. talked about the whole thing in length. And actually, there's two parts. So the second gets, goes down the red hole. Um, so um, it's, it's a very interesting encounter, and it's probably the most aggressive encounter, encounter that I've heard of here in Florida. So if everyone wants to, you know, go check that out, it's on our reports page and uh, you can check that out. It's, it's, I would, I would suggest listening to both of those uh, two, two shows back to back. When I, when I spoke to Steve, um, he had a, I noticed when I was talking to him on the phone for about an hour, a little over an hour or so, he was reliving that whole encounter 
and I can tell it in his voice, and I know he wasn't lying to me. And it was just like it happened last night is what it sounded like, you know. And um, the poor guy, he had like PTSD from all this. Um, but it's a, it's a very interesting story. I, want, I don't want to spoil it if no one's ever heard of it, so heard, it, heard, the, heard the, his report. So I'll just have you guys go over to there on the website, on my website there and check it yeah. out. Definitely. Um, it, it'll, it'll definitely make your skin crawl. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Yeah, I've had a couple of reports like that that just they kind of make you hit your reset on being so gung ho to go out in the woods, you know. And oh, it's yeah. they give you a healthy measure of respect um, for not only for the research but for the witnesses experiencing what they experience. Yeah. Um, and I do, uh, someone did have a question about the moon phases. I, we do yes. pay attention to the moon phases yeah. out there. Um, it seems to be more of a, uh, a lot of reports of, especially road crossings. Uh, one lady had a road crossing and she has shook her up and she, she never knew that these things really existed. And, and uh, she did some extensive research and she's not a quote unquote researcher. She just started looking up information and, uh, she noticed that a lot of roads roadside sightings happen around like uh, half moon phase um so and it was pretty interesting that uh yeah. that happens but we do pay attention to the moon phases but mm -hmm. um for the most part of the, these creatures if they if they want to go on the move it's you know it's just like yeah. us hey i gotta i gotta get up and go to the store i gotta get over get some yeah. gas i gotta get up and do something you know or yeah. go to the grocery store they're 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 doing the same type of thing you know that's yeah. that's the patterns i picked up over the years it's a it's a great question from doug miller you know um david did you follow the moon phases to track bigfoot wild pigs will travel by the moon phases the week of the full moon i've always seen the same pigs begin the same location rooting and eating that's yep. when I've seen the most activity during the day. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. They do do that. Um, we, you know, during the hotter months, they'll actually move to areas where there's, uh, you know, uh, spring fed areas where they'll get fresh water. So um, during the night and day, they're moving. They're, you know, um, it's true that they're, their refrigerators move at night too, the, the pigs and the deer. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so it's always good to follow those. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we've had this place is full of hogs as well. Um, there's over an abundance of hogs and coyotes and everything out there. So, and uh, you name it, we've got it. And mm -hmm. um, anything that creepy crawls and slithers and all that, you know, they so they have a good source here in florida and yeah so following those and, and just you know doing what uh naturally what the hunters do um, that's how i learned a lot about how hunters hunt is uh, i were, used to work with a gentleman um many years ago when i worked on the railroad um and he he would he was what you would call a full-time hunter <laughs> 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 there was no season for him so <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, he, uh, he was funny, but he, he... Welcome to Nightcaller's Archives. Before Nightcaller's became a vidcast on YouTube and Facebook, it was a live call-in show on Blog Talk Radio. We did things a little differently back then. It was a different time in the Bigfoot world. 
There were only a few podcasts, and Bigfoot was still taboo to talk about. We didn't have the TV shows, hundreds of Bigfoot groups and conferences, or funny memes that we have now. They were different times, folks. We've had many amazing hosts and knowledgeable guests over the years that helped get the Bigfoot community to where it is now. We hope you enjoy these older shows, as they are a phenomenal source of information and good times. If you hear a guest or host that you would love to see back on the current Nightcallers, please drop a comment. Enjoy the show! I asked him many times, I say, Hey, have you ever heard or seen anything out there? Cause he, he goes by himself. He doesn't take mm-hmm. anybody with him. He hog hunts, he deer hunts. Um, so, but he, he told me a lot about how hunters hunt and, and, and as particularly how he did, how he mm-hmm. hunted. And, um, a lot of that has to deal, do with, uh, you know, the, the moon phases and the, the routines of animals and so forth, different particular times of the year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that does help. It gives you a good edge on getting out there and, oh, and yeah. tracking things and trying to find these creatures because, you know, that every edge helps to, to get yeah. closer to these creatures. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I feel like if you can track their prey, you know, what they eat. Exactly. Um, yeah. You might put yourself in close proximity to them as well. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask. So, you know, what you sent me with your info, um, it says that you have not had a sighting. In, in 28 have years of research and I've been doing this for 20 years and I have not had a sighting either. So I feel your pain. First of all, pain. I'm sure you've had like myself, many crisis of faith where you just wanted to quit and just, oh, yeah. I'm done. I'm done. And then you have that next experience that keeps oh, you yeah. going. But, I, I, um, I, yeah. I, I sometimes yell out in the, in the woods. Will you just show yourself? No. Yes, I do too. <laughs> I do too. And I'll, uh, I'll throw a little, I'll, I'll throw a little three-year-old tantrum every now and then. I'm done. Fine then. I don't want to see you anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Um, so I thought that was really interesting because very rarely do I encounter someone like myself who's been doing this for so long consistently oh, yeah. and haven't had a sighting. And so um, I know that a lot of people though, um, have assured me, so I, I'm going to assure you now that it actually, um, it, it lends credibility to to us as researchers that oh, we, yeah. rather than fabricate a sighting, we are willingly admitting that we put in the work, but we still That's haven't right. had the payday, you know? Exactly. Yeah, we're still waiting for the payday. But I will <laughs> tell you this, I've, besides not having a sighting, mm-hmm. I've been around yes. in areas where yeah. all the action has been around me. I've Same. heard the wood knocks, the whistles, the, you know, the footfalls running through the woods. Um, I, one of my videos on our, on my webs, on my uh, YouTube channel is uh, what I call the two-legged elephant. And, uh, and that day I was checking, I was using a, a GoPro that I just bought and I was testing it out. The darn thing doesn't have really good sound whatsoever, or audio sound, you know, to pick up. Um, and I was by two ponds and there were spring fed ponds mm-hmm. and I was, I was recording some daters in one of them and it had green algae in there and they're all kind of moving around a couple of them. So I'm recording these gators and all of a sudden I hear these footfalls behind me on the next, uh, the pond over. And, uh, 
it was, it sounded like a two-legged elephant. Now it wasn't four mm-hmm. legs. It was st- distinctively two footfalls, and it was bam, 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 bam. And I turned around real quick, try to you know see if it, if it sounded like it was coming at me, um, but it wasn't. It was it was running uh, a parallel through the wood line. So I, I whipped around. I was trying to record at the same time and trying to listen and look, yeah. and uh, I didn't see anything. Uh, so I kind of went into the wood line there next to the, the pond that the noise, the noise came from. And again, of course, the terrain is, you know, leafy. It's got pine needles, all kinds of all the, you know, leaf tr- litter, litter trash and all that on the ground. Um, looking for imprints, you know, looking to find out what the heck this was, trying to see where it was. I actually brought, broke out my binoculars, looking through the woods, trying to, trying to see if I can see any movement whatsoever. Um, but it was, it was nothing. It was like, it, it was gone. <laughs> like it went, uh, disappeared in thin air. And I was like, how can something that heavy, it wasn't a hog, it wasn't a deer because, you know, I know how, what those sound like. Um, and it definitely wasn't a cow. You know, there's cows in the area, but, um, this, there was no cows in this particular area. It's actually a, a water management area. So, um, it definitely wasn't that because, you know, you, Cows are clumsy, you know, you can hear and see something like that running through the, <laughs> through the wood. Um, but it, it was very weird. Now, um, this area, what I call, is, what I call is Knox Creek, and this is in the Green Swamp. Um, the reason why I call it Knox Creek is every time you're walking through there next to the creek, you'll hear wood knocks. Um, and um, one night, one particular night, um, I think it was 2012. I have to go back now. Uh, it was me, another gentleman, and uh, a lady. We were hiking that area at night, and the weird thing we found that I've, well, all three of us ran into that night is in three separate areas, and um, it was about 50 degrees at night, and we walked through this area on the path that it jumped the temperature jumped to like about a good 20 degrees warmer and then it had like an electrical smell in the air like something burning you know electrical burning smell and that happened in three separate areas off that trail and i said wow that's weird i said that's never happened to me (laughs) and uh it's one of those things you just you know take note of and say okay that's kind of strange um on the way back, coming back, we, we actually hit those same three areas again. The same same thing. The, the temperature got warmer um, and the electrical smell. <clears throat> and this time, though, I kind of shined around the area a little bit better. And right off the trail, you can see a, a pine tree, or no, it was an oak tree, mm-hmm. um, about 34 inches in diameter. And it broke about the seven-foot mark from the ground. And I said, that's interesting so I took note of that went to the next site pretty much the same thing it was farther back off the trail but there was another break about the same same distance off the ground mm-hmm. um, the very first site that we hit didn't have a tree break at all there was actually nothing there but that was that was pretty weird it's the, the the rise in temperature um, from 50 degrees to say you know 70 degrees at, at yeah. that maybe 65 somewhere in that it was definitely you can it, it, it made us all stop on our tracks. I was like, you feel that? <laughs> you yeah, smell that? Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, that was probably the strangest thing I've ever 
swamp gas. Yeah, it could have been clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I'm find out where that swamp gas was at, but no. <laughs> um, I was going to ask, where do you stand on the paranormal? Um, not necessarily the paranormal aspect of Bigfoot, unless you choose to answer to that, but just the uh, <laughs> paranormal in general, because we, as we know, not everything weird in the woods is necessarily Bigfoot. The, there's other things in the woods besides Bigfoot. Oh uh, yeah, there is. Um, <laughs> uh, paranormal. Well, it, well, Bigfoot is paranormal. I mean, it's out of the, it's out of, it is out of the normal. Yeah. Normal. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it falls in that classification. So if I mm -hmm. say, no, I don't into the paranormal, I'm not in the part of the woo and all this stuff. And well, if, when I first started, I, I start I, I believe that when I first started and I said, no, these got to be flesh and blood because I was, everybody else believed it. I got on the same bandwagon as yeah. everybody else, but the more research I did and mm -hmm. the more reports now I, I, I look at people's eyewitness encounters. And I speak to eyewitnesses and I've spoken to a lot of them that said that they do these weird things. Um, they might not come out first and say something like that to you, um, but they'll actually say, oh, yeah, by the way, while it was doing this, I noticed it do that. And I just didn't want to say anything because I don't want you to think I was crazy. Yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, for the most part, um, we're dealing with energy, you know, lots of energy. Um, I believe yeah. there's lots of energy around these creatures. Um, so what we don't know about these creatures will, will baffle you. And if you don't open your mind to even just a little bit to it, you're, you're not really, you're, you know, you're not really opening yourself up to the, the questions to be answered. You're doing so, yourself and the topic a disservice. Well, you are. Yeah. I mean, you can be totally against the woo thing. And then one day you walk out there and you see this thing cloak in front of you or, you know, <laughs> materialize in front of you. And yeah. then what, what are you going to say? You know? Yeah. So, um, so you gotta leave, you, you gotta leave your mind open to the fact that we're dealing with energy. You know, we're energy, we're light beings and, mm -hmm. you know, we're so, you know, even though we're almost what ninety percent water, you know, <laughs> but uh, we're we're electrically charged, so we have electricity going through our bodies too. Mm -hmm. Plus, we're you know a big yeah. a big percentage of us is water. So, how do we walk around without electrocuting ourselves? Um, <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> so, you know, you scuff your feet against the, on the, on the carpet, you know, yeah. you shock somebody, you know, so, you know, we're, we're electrically charged. So, yeah. Um, if there's a big possibility these creatures are using, um, uh, quantum physics, maybe, you know, that they could be doing that. Um, Ron Moorhead, you know, speaks mm -hmm. a lot about that in his book. Um, yeah. got to, got to meet Ron, uh, yeah. um, at this last conference here in Florida. Um, actually, I got to meet a lot of people, which um, Marty and Nikki put on the um, uh, the Great Florida Bigfoot Conference mm -hmm. here in Florida. Um, thank God for them, because I was people were asking me, "Hey, why don't you put a conference on?" I was like, "Oh gosh, you know." Yeah, <laughs> I, it's a lot I, of work. It's a lot of work and a lot of money, a lot of time, and that's like, yes. But uh, but Nick, Marty, Martin, and Nikki—that's what they do. You know, they right. put on conferences, yeah. and I was like. And I was at, uh, I was able to speak at the very first one here in Florida, which was, you know, an honor. Um, and hopefully later on, I'll uh, hopefully be invited to speak again 
uh, yeah. at, at the conference. But I have been in um, on the question and answer board the, on the second conference and the third conference, and had my booth up and got to meet a lot of great people. You know, yeah. um, at the Ron. Uh, Ron's a great guy. He's, he is. He's, just, he, he's such a nice man, and uh, I. So I've had him on before. I'm actually having him on here again in a few weeks, and so I'm yeah. trying to come up with some really good questions that he's never been asked before. So That's wish me luck. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean, I yeah. I kind of have a, a track. I think I'm going to go with him because yeah. he um he we met him at Beachfoot and yeah oh my gosh it was absolutely mortifying. I had just talked to my two sons and I said they're they're young they're ten and seven and I said guys we don't know everyone here this isn't a normal camp out so don't run off because you know, I need don't run off into anyone's campers or tents or anything. You stay with me. (laughs) And I turn around and they're gone and I find them jumping on Ron Moorhead's bed (laughs) as Ron sits there drinking his coffee, laughing and Ron's wife is making them bacon and pancakes. And I'm just, and Ron was like, (laughs) he made sure to sit. He, he sought me out and he was like, Lauren, your boys are so great. You're doing something right. Don't change a thing. But I was just like, out of everyone, you guys could have went and visited. Yeah. Like it had to be Ron Moore. <laughs> it was it was mortifying for me, but he he was fine with it. He loved him. Um, That's good. That's good. So I have probably the most Florida question that I've ever had um, from Chris okay. Ramsey. <laughs> the Florida the Florida man. No. Florida man. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's definitely the most Florida question I've ever okay. asked. He said, David. Any anaconda stories with Bigfoot in Florida? I haven't heard anything yet. Um, obviously, th- that fight would be, you know, the anaconda would lose, apparently. Um, but uh, I haven't heard anything yet. Um, I have uh, the, one of the guys on our team, he actually, him and his wife live in uh, Miami. And he's he's out there in the in the swamps down there doing his thing down there uh, researching those areas and he's actually uh had a a couple of good sightings mm-hmm. um but i haven't heard anything yet with with those so there's a lot of people that come down for the uh, anaconda or anaconda the uh, those those snakes down there um they're huge or massive um i'm glad they're not up here but they have actually found a couple up in uh, uh Mayaka area which is just north of there so they're kind of like meandering further north and <laughs> northern mm-hmm. florida part but yeah i haven't heard anything yet um with with those i but feel like be, that needs to be a i think a that good would be sci-fi a, movie i think someone needs to make a good yeah. drawing of something like that yeah. and to going at it we'll and, get jonathan dodd to yeah. make the poster and we'll get seth breed there you to go. film the documentary <laughs> yeah i think that'd be great um we could have the you know the big brawny um ken gerhard character he comes in with his hat and he cuts open this dead anaconda and finds a bigfoot body (laughs) solves (laughs) the whole mystery you know yeah (laughs) Um, that'd be be awesome i mean i'm not mad at it um okay i have what is my new standard question for everybody that i'm just now starting with you so you get to be my guinea pig yay all right yes in the field (laughs) of Sasquatch research. What do you think is holding us back? Time and money. 
It's true. No, it's true. The Bigfoot curse is that when you become interested in Bigfoot, you will find yourself broke like at the same time. Yeah. You'll be looking at your equipment. This damn thing doesn't work. And Uh (laughs) there you go. Spend another couple hundred bucks on something else. Um, Thousands. I know people that have thousands of dollars in equipment and I'm just like, you know, that's great. I love that they're spending their time and money on furthering this, you know, but that's a lot of money. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, I actually met a gentleman many years back. He was good friends with uh, Jeff Meldrum. Um, and he, uh, his wife had um, family down here close, not too far from where I live. Um, and we would talk about Bigfoot stuff, of course. And he, he was one of those and would never go out and look for him. He, you know, he, he, he had a, he owned a couple of businesses, companies. And one day he wanted to talk with me about what's holding us back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the questions he asked me while we were talking, while we were having dinner. And he goes, what's the biggest obstacle that's, uh, that researchers have? Was that a Sasquatch? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, no. Um, you don't have to protect us right now. Stop. Okay. So I told, I told Doug, I said, well, the biggest thing is time and money. I said, we all got jobs we have to go to, you know, we have to, you know, mm-hmm. provide for our families, that sort of thing. Um, and a lot of us are, you know, weekend warrior type of things, you know, so we don't address this uh, like we should or we would like to, you know, it's like spend months on end yeah. out there in the forest with, you know, with uh unseen amount of money yeah (laughs) the dream right the dream (laughs) well he he turned at me he says well what if you didn't have to worry about any of that stuff i'm like okay i'm listening he goes how's that gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) and he goes well he goes i got this plan and i'm gonna pitch it to you he goes and he was telling me about this and he kind of had an inkling of why you know this mystery wasn't solved. He wanted to solve the mystery. Um, so he told me, he goes, I'm looking for, uh, you know, groups like yourself across the country to do all the legwork, you know, bring in the evidence, find the evidence, bring it all in and bring it to scientists. And I said, well, there you go. I said, now you have a problem with scientists. You know, yeah. a lot of the scientists that are interested in this are kind of strapped as well you know by you know where where they work at you know colleges professors and so forth you know a lot of their colleges don't aren't going to throw money at something that doesn't quote unquote exist mm-hmm. so he goes well i got that figured out too and i'm like okay i'm i'm listening now it's a <laughs> plan and he goes well he goes i have a company that i'm wanting to sell and i'm going to sell it to a foreign a foreign company mm-hmm. and he goes uh i'll have a little bit of money that i could probably throw at this research and i'm like okay i'm still listening <laughs> and uh he throws out a number and i was like okay wow <laughs> and uh so you have that much you're gonna throw out and it's about like 25 million and uh good night and I said, okay, okay i said <laughs> You sparked my interest. I said, uh, if we can't solve it with that, there's no hope. (laughs) So so now you just eliminated the time uh, and the money issue Mm -hmm. because now, you know, 
without that, without that, with that out of the way, you know, you can, he would pay people to go out in these areas, these hotspot areas, months on end, and, and stay out there until you get evidence and then take this evidence. And he was going to have these scientists, a hub of scientists that were also not strapped um, and let them do their thing, let them do their work. And we would be, we would be the ones that did all the legwork. We'd bring all the evidence to the scientists, let them do all their legwork and, and uh, solve the mystery. He had it down. He had an awesome plan. Yeah. Um, and in 2021, unfortunately, the beginning of 2020, well, actually the end of 2020, I got COVID mm-hmm. and um, I was, I was laid up for a while, long while. 2021 comes rolling around. Um, I was finally home after 10 days in the hospital from that, trying to get my oxygen levels back up. Yeah. I survived apparently. So, you know, um, and the conference was coming up, the very first conference I was supposed to be to. I was like, man, I better not have this COVID. <laughs> the conference comes around. And uh, so I, was, I messaged Doug. I said, Doug, hey, uh, you know, conference is going to be, I think it was in July that year. Um, and I said, hey, you going to come down, you know, because he lived in uh, uh, Kentucky. And it wasn't, it wasn't a big issue for him to, you know, just drive down or what have you. So I sent him a message. I didn't hear from him. Usually he either calls or he texts me right back. Yeah. Didn't hear, didn't hear nothing. And then I got on his Facebook and I was looking at his post and I found a post from his daughter. Oh, and, no. Yeah. And he had passed away. He had developed cancer. And I I was like four months too late. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, oh man, that stinks. That's the uh, worst. Yeah, he had, he had a, an aggressive cancer, um, and he passed away. And so I was like, ah, oh, man. I, of course, I felt bad because me and him were really close. Um, mm-hmm. And we talked quite a lot, probably on a monthly basis. Um, right. And, but, yeah, it was sad to see him go. But he had a, he had an awesome plan, and yeah. it's just sad to, to see him go. And, and it's you know, it's not so much about, you know, his plan that, you know, but, uh, he was a great person. He was one of those guys that would he'd give his shirt off his back for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good all around guy. I'm yeah. going to get all broke up, but I better stop. So. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, you know, it's, it is sad to hear that the world lost such an amazing person and, yeah. You know, if there's anyone else out there that's amazing like that with with that kind of resource, um, you know, David is still yeah. taking applications for, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> for assistance to solve this mystery. Um, also, that's I, a, that's, I'm also, yeah. you know, taking. Um, <laughs> that, but that's that's what's missing. That's what's missing in this field. Yeah, is, uh, time, it's, it's a lot of time, a lot of effort. And unfortunately, a lot of money has to go into this. Um, And especially now, nowadays, things are much Mm -hmm. tighter and uh, it's getting more difficult to do all the fun things you want to do. So it um, seems like everything's going (laughs) up in price, but, you know, you know, things aren't balancing out. Um, You know, if you would have asked me five, 10 years ago what was holding us back, I would have said the community. 
um, the lack of cohesiveness, the lack of sharing. But as you said, that is getting better. And I've seen it more and more and more. Um, I too became an independent researcher for that reason. Um, because I, I research with all these amazing groups that have all these amazing things going on, but they don't want anyone else to know about these amazing things. And so, um, but yeah, I think you got to share the love. You got to share the love for sure. Um, but yeah, so let me, are there any more questions from the chat before we, before I move on to the next thing here? Uh, Doug Miller was asking about uh, handprints, that sort of thing. Uh, yes. Um, there While was... looking for Bigfoot in the swamp, did you see hand muddy or wet handprints on the cypress trees? Uh, no, sure didn't. Um, that particular one, like I said, it was probably that 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 the tree structure was probably at least two weeks old, and with yeah. with 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 the in the swamps, things change rapidly as far as the, mm -hmm. with the uh, temperatures and the rain, the storms and the hurricanes and all that sort of stuff. Um, but there, there's every once in a while that we get some good prints, uh, and not, not particularly from our team, but, um, just people in general that, uh, one was a 19 inch truck that was pulled out of the green swamp there, uh, mm -hmm. quite a few years back, probably about four or five years now. Um, pretty massive track and as there's actually two with the they only got one good print that had the all the toe well most of the toes had four toes one broke off <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but it was it was pretty massive um but yeah there's uh you, you mentioned uh, strange stuff in the woods there's there's a lot of strange stuff there's orbs we've seen orbs i've actually i've seen a ufo a couple of the guys uh, ufos out here mm -hmm. um, it's, pretty, it's pretty wild um so have you ever had um any ufo activity while having bigfoot activity or suspected uh, bigfoot activity and same for orbs um not so much uh haven't heard anything hand in hand with that um now one of the ladies that were that was on our team unfortunately she passed away she had cancer as well um she was uh, half Cherokee and she was very in tune with nature. Um, she used to hear uh, wolves barking and, mm -hmm. and they were, they would be like, you know, right there, you know, yeah. Yeah. and, but she would not hear it. I mean, you would not see it, but she would hear like wolves barking. She goes, that's a wolf. That's not a coyote. That's a wolf. Um, and her and her boyfriend would see orbs and stuff flying around constantly in, in these areas. Um, but with Bigfoot, we haven't seen any relationship yet with those, but a lot of orb activity. Um, actually, the, the UFO that we saw in the Green Swamp, the buddy Bill in Miami actually saw one down that way as well. He said the same same ordeal, different color lights just hovering and just sitting there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they're rampant down there. They got a good, they get, you know, if, if we're lucky, we'll get some good prints. Um, you got to decipher the gator prints from the Sasquatch, you know. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of gators down here that like to mess up a lot of stuff and make you, you know, get, 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 get us on a wild goose chase kind of thing. Yeah. Like, Actually, oh, man, that's a gator. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So in my spare time, I watch Gator Boys. 
I know yeah. it's just who I am. Um, it's my guilty pleasure. I really enjoy that show. But um, they had a gator with an eight-toed print. And, you know, eight me, as a Bigfoot researcher, I'm like, oh, it just stepped in its own track. I'm like, that's right. all that is, you know. And then, no, they found the gator and it had eight toes. And I was like, <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> like, you know, I. but as a Bigfoot researcher, I'm so skeptical of everything, you know. Um, well, that's that's pretty odd. So there might have been some inbreeding or something. I don't know. That's it was weird. A weird or one. just a just a deformity from. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alan Lassiter had a great question. He wanted to know: Have you spoke with any of the Native American um, tribes in the areas that you research? Um, I I would I tried to in Miami uh, or not Miami, but we're talking about the. Uh, Everglades, um, the Miccosukee Indians down there, they know they're out there. Um, they don't, they're very tight lipped. You're very, very seldom that you'll find somebody that will, you know, talk to you, talk to us about that or anybody, any, mm -hmm. any, you know, white man or what have you. Um, but I think some of that generation is getting more Americanized. Mm -hmm. They're hearing the stories and then they're, you know, they may leak some information, um, but for the most part, from what I've understand is that they know they're out there. Um, they just don't want people messing with them because they, yeah. you know, they think they're a people or a tribe, which I believe, you know, they could be a, pe a, a people, some sort of a, yeah, a type of human, uh, wild man, yeah, wild man. Probably. Yeah, and yet, and the misconception. I don't know how many people on listening to the show tonight are from Florida or not from Florida, but the big misconception um, that I found here in Florida is a lot of people said, well, the skunk ape, uh, horrible name, by the way, that <laughs> <laughs> um, the, they don't get any bigger than six to seven feet tall. And um, on, on the most part uh, of sightings that we, on average, they're probably about seven feet that you hear, but ever so often we'll hear, or hear people's encounters of no, this thing was every bit of nine or ten feet tall. Um, especially the tracks that we're finding, you know, anything that's 18, 19 inches long, a, a print like that, they have to be at least eight, eight and a half feet, nine feet tall for mm -hmm. a print that big. Um, so there's some big ones down here. Um, there's lots of lots of areas for these things to, to live in here in Florida. People, people only think. Florida's the beaches and the city life and all that. And I said, well, yeah. everything in between is just woods, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I picture Florida as like beaches yeah. and swamp, but I know y'all actually do have trees, you know, yeah. there. So <laughs> even, even my home uh, state, uh, uh, I was born in Connecticut, but my parents moved me to move down when I was two. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 I don't, nothing but Florida and a little bit of North Carolina because I lived up there for a while. Um, but even Connecticut, there's been some sightings up there, believe it or not. So, and uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's that, amazing. So. It's amazing. The places, I think the only, um, out of, cause I've, you know, I've done over 300, re 300 interviews with researchers. Um, mm -hmm. and the only state that I don't have, I believe is Hawaii and, Oh, there's one more, but Hawaii and one other state is like the only state I don't have with a sighting, yeah. um, with a researcher that I've, that we've interviewed. So, 
I mean, they're, they're everywhere. They're, you know, what I tell people is they're not Santa Claus. It's not one person, <laughs> one Bigfoot that just pops up in Florida yep. and then goes over to the, you know, Patterson Gimlin area. I was like, this is a species that travels. <laughs> so when I, was, when I was talking to Dr. Maria Mayer, um, yeah. when she was at the conference, uh, I was asking, I was telling her the stuff that's going on in these co- in, in here in Florida. Cause she's, she's from Miami. Um, and, uh, she said, I'd, you know, I'd like to maybe one day get together with you and, and go into the green swamp and check this area out. Mm-hmm. I said, well, you're more than welcome to. Let's, you know, set it up in the future sometime. Um, of course, you know, she she's always busy, you know, with mm-hmm. the uh, expedition Bigfoot and, and all that. Yeah. Um, and I actually got to speak to Ronnie LeBlanc. Um, and, of course, I've known Russell from 2018. I went to the conference up there, the inter- – uh, International Bigfoot Conference, where I met Russell, and uh, that was an awesome conference. I got to actually meet Adam Davies there, and Adam's he heard about great. <laughs> he, he heard about Steve's He's encounter great. down here, and he goes, "Hey, Dave," he goes, "I'd like to come, you know, in his British accent, <laughs> like to come down to Florida and, and uh, go out to that location that uh, Steve had his encounter." And I was like, "Yeah," I said, "Yeah, you're more than welcome to, you know, come on down. Yeah. I'll definitely get you out there so we we did that you know and we went yeah. out to a couple other areas too here in florida with adam and uh he's at that time he's never been in florida he was in florida for a short bit but he never did any research in florida i yeah. think it was he was visiting somebody but then when he got with us it was the very first time he got out and saw the terrain and he um he was very impressed with it and he, he loves yeah. it so now he's living in east tennessee so hopefully yeah. it's not too much too farther he was in la yeah um, I, him, I said now you're closer i said you can I, you know we get we need to get together and do something <laughs> i mean that's a day drive that's fine <laughs> it's fine um no that's adam's a, a great drive, guy yeah <laughs> Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Very knowledgeable. I, re- I really like him. Um, he is, he's, he's fun to be with, too, when he's out when yeah. camping. <laughs> um, so one last question. What do you have coming up? Um, goals, plans, conferences, books, team um, endeavors? I haven't done any books. Um, gosh, and, I, and I think back, well, you know, people ask me before in the past you know have you have you wrote a book have you wrote a book i'm like i don't know what to write about i mean everybody everyone else is writing books and you know i don't want to be redundant on the same topics of things you know um I, and plus it would take a lot of time for me to sit down and do that yeah. um and i'm thinking and and the way i look at things is okay do i sit down and write a book or do i get out there in the field and continue on doing the research um i think of the latter i was i, I want to plan to do that in in the future and there's a couple things i want to try to do and i want to do some solo uh stuff and it's kind of a mixture of solo and survival <clears throat> and and get out in areas where i can possibly you know take a couple weeks and just stay in one area and uh, you know i'll be a hot spot area um and try to live off the land and do that um Mm -hmm. i think that and of course with a couple you know equipment think of naked and afraid no (laughs) (laughs) no i won't be i won't be naked i'll be scaring the sasquatch away but uh but uh the uh some uh, something kind of like that that would be something i may have in the future for myself yeah something solo like that 
because um, you have many different experiences with uh, either by yourself or with one other person or with you know two other persons um, so if you're out there by yourself there's more of a chance that you may run across these things or these things might come to you you know they mm -hmm. might try to figure out hey what are you doing here yeah. um, so I, mean, I think that's one of my goals I was going to try to do some something solo and see how long I can last out there um, and do that <laughs> I last until the food runs out that's, that's it that's me that's that's my that's my 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 point you know I've tried um in my early 20s I did bushcrafting and did the primitive survival and yep. now when I go out I'm um I'm I'm Larry Porch I go out with <laughs> with food and when the food runs out all right it's time to go home and <laughs> get that's some right. food yeah. so um but thank you so much for coming on tonight David you've been oh, amazing even better than the last time we had you on. Oh yeah, um, it's it's fun. I love it, and and thank you for having me back again. Absolutely. And uh, we'll have to do it again. Um, but if anyone has any questions uh, later on, they can always hit me up on my channels there. Uh, I've got Facebook, my email, and all that stuff. You can hit me up yeah. on that. I'm not hard to find. So. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much again for coming on. Good luck with you, uh, with all of your. Um, your team and your goals. Um, Cause I know you guys have good things going on and I hope to see big things out of you. And I hope to hear about your solo expedition. Yes. Thank you. I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll let, I'll let everyone know. I'll probably post something on Facebook. And <laughs> if you find Bigfoot, you better come back with DNA. That's all I got to say. There's no pressure, but not my know. DNA, but their DNA. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we don't, we don't want, we don't want that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Thank you so much, David. You have a great You're night. You're very welcome. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. All, right. all right, everyone. Thank you so much for being here tonight and supporting our guest. Thank you for all the comments and questions. If I didn't get to your question, like he said, you can email him. You can contact him on Facebook, Instagram, uh, go through their website and get those questions to him. Again, great questions, great comments. Thank you so much for being here and supporting us. Be sure to subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And like and follow on Facebook. If you are listening on a podcast platform, subscribe, like, follow, drop a comment if you liked the show. Also, disclaimer, if you hear weird noises tonight, it was my dog Gizmo. He is an elderly doggo and he snores like a Bigfoot with asthma. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, we uh, recently said goodbye to my other Sasquatching dog, JD, this week. And so I am spoiling my babies and letting them be in here while I record. So you guys are just going to have to deal with the weird, very weird noises coming from under my desk. Again, thank you guys for being here this week. All right. Thank you guys. Stay safe. Be Thank you so much for listening. Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio is a Nightcaller's production created and hosted by me, Lauren Smith. If you'd like to support the show further, you can share episodes with other believers and seekers of the truth. Leave a positive review or subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. We also have merch. Visit the links on our Instagram and Facebook pages to check it out. Stay safe, be kind, and I'll see y'all next time.